everyone. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. I am Tim, as me as my co-host Patrick. How you doing, buddy? What a movie. What <laughs> a movie. <laughs> it, it is, is something. <laughs> I know, I usually come up with a fun quote or anything like, whatever, for these things, but... Whew, this was... It's so close to being really good. Yeah. It's just there's something off about it throughout the whole thing. Um, there is. The Vagrant. Yes, The Vagrant. Bill Paxton, rest in peace, sir. I miss you so goddamn much. Yeah. What an actor. I agree. And I'll save save more of that for what we talk about Hero, but but I agree. He's he's exceptional. There There is a lot of things in here that I really like. It's just yeah. not all of the pieces quite fit together perfectly. It never gels. Yeah. And it's it's but and I guess that's the nagging, irritating thing about the movie while you're watching. It's like, ah, oh, you're you're just you're so close to something here. Yeah, really. Like it just needed another draft or another go through or something just to kind of fine tune this and make it really gel and work. And it's it's just not there quite. Mm, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, another director maybe i don't know i don't know this this guy was actually not a bad director um and yeah i didn't i, I didn't check out his db fast i will go over it with you later on okay. at the end of the show okay. but uh competent and uh guy and also a fucking sorry hero of cinema to be honest with you was well, this early uh, in his career maybe he only directed two movies and this was the last one but he oh, did other okay. stuff that uh are very important to movie history and i'll, I'll go into it later okay fair enough but uh, Tim, this was your pick. Yes, it was. So explain to the people what you've done. <laughs> so the vagrant uh, deals with this middling, mid-level temp guy trying to get a full-time job, and uh, he's got a full-time job. He just wants the big promotion. Is he's that a yuppie because I, I would say he was almost a temp. But anyway, no, 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 no. He wants to. He was a full analyst or right, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, he is stretching himself thin to buy mm-hmm. this house, which doesn't look like it is a great neighborhood. But regardless, there is a vagrant, as he likes to call them, or a homeless person that is hanging around and seems to like to come into his home. And he goes to drastic measures to get rid of this vagrant from his life. And hilarity and horror ensues. Some horror, mostly hilarity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, that's more or less correct. More or, or less? I, act- I thought that was okay. Well, I, w- I would <laughs> emphasize that the vagrant uh, decides to more really take uh, our hero um, into his sights and make his life a living hell. Or does he? Or is it all in his head? We'll find out. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but our hero is Graham Krakowski. I hope you like that last name because we're going to say it like 500 times in this movie. Yeah, but I like how, um, what's your name, who played Yvette? Um, Colleen Camp? Yeah, how she the pronounced the name because she pronounced it more like something else. Like it was more like a- Mr. Krakowski? Mr. Krakowski? Mr. Krakowski? It almost sounded like a curse word the way she said it. Like <laughs> She says it like a, mach- like a machine gun shoots out bullets in the first like, five <laughs> minutes of this movie. <laughs> She says it so different that I'm like, I, when someone calls him it, like his boss calls his name, I'm like, wait a minute, what? That's his name? Okay, I was getting something different. Um, 
Yeah, like you said, he's a typical yuppie that has meticulously planned his upward trajectory and won't accept anything that disturbs those plans. Uh, Salary and savings will cover the monthly payments until his raise in January. Really hope this movie takes place in the fall. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So the movie gets going with Graham going over this fixer-upper house. Uh, the real estate agent is really excited about calling him Mr. Krakowski, as I've said. Yeah. And the house is directly across from the street from a vacant lot, which I guess they were built, about to build condos, which never happened. Yeah, I guess. Because the land is for the sale. The whole neighborhood looks not great, by the way. Mm. But is also within walking distance of a grocery store, apparently, which is yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Um. And on the plus side, the master bedroom has its own closet. What? Wow. <laughs> what a sell. Yeah. Um, Graham isn't sold on the house, but basically decides to buy it to avoid having sex with the realtor. That is, that was, that part was so insane. Like, at it's, first I thought it was like, it was cutting away to him and imagining something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, this is real. And then it comes back later when she pops up later too. It's like, okay, this is just a really weird, horny uh, real estate lady who it's like keeps her license she was, somehow. It's like all of a sudden his life got like, I don't know, thrown into a porn movie. And he's like, she's like coming at him harder than any porn actress I've ever seen oh, coming yeah. at That's a realtor coming in. And like, what the hell? There is like, it's such an over the top, like pickup line. Like basically just straight up says like, I want to have sex with you right now. Basically. Oh, she, th- she pushes him down in the toilet and jumps on him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this house like, looks kind of gross at this moment too. It's not great. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it looks, um, it definitely needs some work too. It's so it's like, and that's a fixer upper. Like, Ugh, really? Okay, lady. <laughs> But yeah, he's like, screw it. Yeah, I'm gonna buy the house just to, just to get this. He's like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, like, which, does hey, he, if it works, it works. He doesn't find the book then, right? He finds it when. Yeah, he, he moves, does. He finds it in the toilet. Well, I wasn't sure if he uh, finds he, it then or when he moves in. He finds it then. I think so. Okay. He, and and uh, he finds this book there, uh, the animal within. Right. And thankfully, the back cover is ripped off, mm-hmm. uh, which comes in handy later on yep. for storytelling purposes. <laughs> I mean, I guess because like I never really considered that until, like, because I just think it's like a beat up book of the house, the right, state yeah, of the yeah. house. So like, when it does pop up, like, uh, like oh okay, that's kind of clever. But it, regardless, it's a funny scene. Yeah, and, and Paxton and Colleen can't play it very amusing. It's good. The best thing, hero wise, is Bill Paxton. As the movie goes and the facial, the facial expressions he puts on himself is like, it's really like plus Paxton coming out here where he, he can put these like facial expressions of really to get the insanity of things. (laughs) And it's, it's great. It's really great. It's nothing. He never doesn't have a line or anything that's as great as you know, game over man. Right. Or I have a little dick. It's pathetic, but <laughs> <laughs> his facial acting is as good here as it's ever been yeah. in his career. His facial acting has always been a plus, top notch. He's yeah. fantastic. You get some movie. really unhinged looking expressions on his face that just yeah. like you can't even yeah. describe it in words. You just have to see it. You're just like I love this it's, dude. It's so pathetic yeah. and insane. <laughs> And hilarious to look at. How how um, much how much did you laugh? By the way, and I'm sorry to jump ahead a little bit. We can come back, but like 
when the, the restaurant the, scene no the time jumps when he's at the trailer park and now he has a mullet <laughs> i i laughed so hard that's like perfect <laughs> yeah it's it so great <laughs> uh, all of a sudden i don't know He's, he's morphed into different Bill Paxton. He gets to play different Bill Paxtons in this movie. He really like, does. It's like early yeah. multiverse almost. It's insane because he does <laughs> yeah. play so many different versions. Like you have the straight laced thing. And then as he gets more and more losing his mind, basically, you get these different yeah, versions. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. All of a sudden towards the, when he's in the trailer park, it becomes Pina Coladaberg. Right. Uh, well, Bill Paxton. Slash the wolf man. Because he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's got to be chained down or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, on the first day of Graham moving in, uh, this homeless dude, or a vagrant, right. is using his sink Yeah, in his, his, his house, and freaks it's like Graham out. right when he moves in, wasn't it? Yeah, literally the first yeah. day as he's moving in. He walks in, and uh, uh, there he just, is. There he is, just at the sink, and he's spitting in the sink, which I guess it created that awful stain that's there and he can't get rid of. <laughs> Which, dude, just get a new sink. What are you doing? Yeah. That one's it's not a high-priced object. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, he's, he's freaked out, and he decides to change the locks. Right. And he, he hires... Uh, he hires... He brings his buddy Chuck over, uh, and he tells him his dreams of putting in a Linnae. I had no idea what a Linnae or Linnae... A lanai. He says lanai, right? It's a lanai. Sorry, I had no idea what a lanai was. I had to look it up. It's screened an area. Right. So that sounded cool. He said a hot tub, too, I think he said at one point, too, right? A hot tub or a lanai. I'm like, what is a lanai? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. He has so many dream sequences about this vagrant. He is so put out by his existence. Yeah. Uh, and it starts early on, like the first night he's in that house, he dreams about him coming into the house and stealing a light switch plate. Yeah. And which is just a weird thing to steal. It really is. But, and then he like goes to like check, you know, and make sure it's there. And, and well, first he sleepwalks and he, he like tries to choke yeah, uh, his friend, his friend out. who who his friend Chuck, who offered to sleep over uh, to help, you know, just to make him feel better. Yeah, which he turns <laughs> down, w- by the way. He's like basically yeah, like, yeah. no, I don't want you to sleep here. And then it cuts to him sleeping there. And I was kind of like, wow, what a dick. <laughs> he just like turned his friend down while let him sleep there. Well, the friend was just offering to help him out. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, he's there anyway. Yeah, but choking him out, man, that's that's like, it makes you think like. Well, he's sleepwalking. He doesn't know what he's doing. I know, but that's, that's some pretty crazy which, sleepwalking. This is like. Key one where they, they didn't emphasize this enough. So like, okay, they've laid the sleepwalking card here, and they barely pick it up throughout the movie. But he references it all the time, right? Where he's worried that all of this is in his head. Um, so like strike one against the movie, really, right yeah. here. Um, <laughs> so like I said, there's a grocery store in walking distance of the the house. And yeah. one day as he's walking home with this bag full of groceries, I think there's, is there a bag of French bread in this? I forgot to check. Oh, I don't remember. I think there is. I think there is a big bag in there. To this because boarded, there must be. It's a movie. He's on the sidewalk and he comes up to this boarded kind he's of He's walking lot. by the, the open lot. Yeah. And he sees the vagrant eating some raw meat. Yeah. On a stick. He's so disgusted and freaked out. He drops, drops like, everything. All of his groceries. 
And he's like, oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. And this is like total Paxton here too. It's like, yeah. it's yeah. so <laughs> like, oh my, oh my God. And oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he picks up like whatever he can and runs away to yeah. go call the cops. Free tuna for the, uh, the vagrant. Is that the first time that you hear the vagrant laugh or whatever? Because he's got this like laugh cackle that you hear. I don't know. The movie. I didn't trying, write it down. I yeah, don't remember. I'm trying to remember if that's the first time we hear it or not. Because you do hear it throughout. But anyway, yeah. So this leads to Graham calling the cops on the vagrant. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, and I'm, I am sorry to our entire audience. I'm basically going to explain this entire movie in the hero section. Because a lot of this is plot and character at the same time. Because yeah. of Paxton, the way it is. And it's true. I, di- I didn't know how else to do Tim, you're going to have to make sure I move along and skip, you know, you tell me to move off. I mean, I, but, you could kind of go... This is, a, this is a funny part, but, yeah, I, I like it, but it's part. not really action either, so I'll allow it. So That's the thing. Like, There's very little action in this Very movie. little action. So Although it's, it's like my longest category because I didn't know where else to put it a lot of times. Same for me. It's like two pages long. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to tell... Because you're not going to be any help I, and tell me to move I might, along. I might have the same <laughs> problem here, but, but this one I'll allow. Okay, so he calls the cops and on the vagrant, and they seem untroubled and uninterested in helping At until all. Graham points out that he's probably public urinating, which is great. Then, yeah, all of a sudden they're like, what now? Like that, then they're into it. It's yeah, so they're funny. Like, I'm sorry, sir, you want me to make him move because why? What is he doing wrong? <laughs> and he brings up the possible period. Urination! <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, that's good. This does seem like the cops now. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, they go to funny. go talk to a neighbor to confirm Graham's story, uh, who is like an old lady with a uh, hearing, a giant hearing aid, which will come back later. Yeah. And uh, Graham spots the vagrant going near the bushes, and he goes to the cops, I think he's getting ready to urinate. And one cop seriously asks the other, should we call back up? <laughs> <laughs> and the cops and they, arrest him. They, they like speed off to get him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. We're like, like, book him, Dan. Yeah. We got to get him. Like a it's a good bit. It is. Uh, so this leads to Graham deciding to buy like an extreme alarm system yeah. with like a 10-foot privacy fence, motion lights and sensors, and a digital system that plays poker music when you're away to make people think someone yeah. is home to defend. It, the fencing and, and the perimeter thing, it almost reminds you of Mr. Miyagi's dojo. But um, yeah, yeah, it does. But That's a good but point. yeah, but yeah, it's it's the bright lights everywhere, and it's it's insane and over the top, um, which kind of goes with like, I, I guess it's a, they do make you raise an eyebrow to his character and how sane or not sane he might be to start. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, his buddy Chuck tries to talk him out of it. Uh, especially lear- after learning Graham has put up a second mortgage on his house to second pay for it. mortgage. <laughs> and he seems very confident that he- he'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah. So confident, uh, he invites his girlfriend over. Uh, Graham's girlfriend from Buffalo flies in for a visit. Is that where, where, where do they live? Is this like LA or something? Where no, are they? Phoenix. It's Phoenix. They're in Phoenix. Okay. I just like, so anyway, um, so yeah, the girlfriend comes, and then the girlfriend and she is she hates his interior decorating like oh, yeah. all women, for men. And <laughs> oh, you just wanted me to help you buy furniture, and he's like, uh, and then clearly gives signs that she's about to put out. And he's like, yep, no, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really have the money. I'll have sex with you. On second thought, 
Yeah. Uh, mm. But so yeah, so I don't know how much more you want to go here, like because when the the girlfriend um has issues with his sleepwalking stuff too. She has issues mostly with his feelings towards the vagrant, and it kind of comes to a head when she invites him in to have a sandwich, and he yeah, really so loses get, it there. I'm going to get into a lot of this later. We're fast-forwarding through stuff and passing stuff, which we'll get into more detail later, but Graham gets a promotion from work right. and races home to tell his girlfriend the good news. He comes across a crime scene, and he sees the cops take a body out of a dumpster, uh, and he sees them handling a hearing aid, and he recognizes his neighbor. Mm. Uh, that... He helped uh, the, talk to the cops with later earlier. He races home worried about Edie, his girlfriend, and when he gets there, he sees the vagrant eating at his kitchen table. And Paxson does this an incredible backward slide pratfall. Oh yeah, it's an extreme reaction. It's really yeah. funny. Great, great fall. Uh, but it turns out in a great betrayal, Edie actually invited the vagrant into the house for a sandwich. Uh, Graham calls nine one one. Uh, who actually recognizes his number at this point. Like, what do you want now, Mr. Kurkowski? <laughs> <laughs> and he says he knows the vagrant killed his neighbor, but he has zero proof, and now the cops are suspicious of him. Rightfully so. Uh, which leads into another weird dream sequence where Graham looks like a zombie, and he imagines the vagrant plowing his girlfriend from behind. Yeah. <laughs> And when he wakes up from this nightmare, uh, he sees someone has taken garden shears to his glasses. And Edie's decided to leave and break up with him after his histrionics with the cops and the vagrant. Yeah. Because clearly there's some weird stuff going on here. I think the sleepwalking and all that kind of stuff and his reaction to all this was like, all right, I'm kind of I'm going to go now. Yeah. And it gets weirder from there. Graham has lunch with Chuck. And this might be my favorite scene in the movie. Uh <laughs> And he is convinced at this point that everything is happening is in his head. Right. Every morning he wakes up and he finds a pair of pants in the oven, books in the shower, food eaten, and urine in the blender. And the faces Paxton puts on in this scene are just yeah. other le- Hall of Fame worthy hilarious. <laughs> it's so pathetic and funny. It's so great. And next and then after like making this like and he's like makes a big scene in the restaurant <laughs> um and then you know chuck just like uh, let's what's on the dessert and yeah we then we cut down to graham coming down the stairs in the middle of the night obsessively reading this book that he found on the toilet uh the day he decided to buy the house right and it's like the animal fork- within kind of some type yeah thing. the animal within yeah. is the book and uh there's a fork in the cactus wall art coming down the stairs oh yeah which I think and happens he, more than one time with the fork, by the way. he That's the vagrant's calling card, a fork in the wall. Yeah. Uh, he does it a few times. And uh, there's hanging from a pot and pan overhead storage is a fish, yeah. a chicken, a wine bottle, and a gallon of ice cream dripping into the blender. Which may or may not have urine in it. <laughs> Perfect blend. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hell. Yeah. He wakes up the next day. Isn't this is this late, where he's in the basement? No, not yet. Okay. He wakes up late for work. His alarm clock having been cut at 3.42 a.m. Oh, yeah. The, the, the court. And he discovers he has wounds on his leg and a bad smell in the house. Oh, uh, he at yeah. first thinks it's a dead rat he finds in the basement, but then discovers his dead neighbor's fingers in a chocolate candy box. 
And that's when he sees that the vagrant has been sleeping in the basement the whole time. And sees he has like an easy entrance exit. Oh, yeah. Because he, he just it, like it pops flips open. up the bottom of the house. Yeah, it's like, like a giant door. And he just kind of like ha, 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 crazily laughs out. <laughs> and again, like a hatch on a sailboat. Yeah. It's like popping open. Like, ha, ha. What gr- the hell? Again, great facial by Paxton, like unhinged, looking up like, what is going on? What? 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, at this point, Graham is like becoming a zombie person. Well, he calls the cops first, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he calls the cops, and the cops are all like, um, "Why didn't, why didn't you call us earlier? That smell—it's very obvious. That smell." Yeah. So like, I just thought it was a rat. You didn't it's investigate like, the dead. How long were you going to leave the dead rat down there? And yeah. That's what my note was like. Good question. Yeah, no, this is this is a fair point. You always investigate the strange smell in your house. Yeah. You gotta take care of that immediately. <laughs> he, my man wasn't even lighting candles. It's not a good uh, look. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. You don't just let <laughs> even if you think it's a dead rat, yeah. Like you don't just let a dead animal in your house for that long. Like right. disease. This, like, come on. <laughs> um and this leads to yet another dream sequence where Graham is He's now decided to park like a love seat in the basement. Yeah. He's holding his shotgun watching. This is where sure. he truly starts to look really unhinged. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he dreams of the vagrant sneaking in and sticking the shotgun in his, like, under his chin. Under chin. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and pulling the trigger. That's when he wakes up. And he's actually, he is, and it turns out he is down there with the shotgun. And uh, <laughs> he looks like a zombie mess that he was in that dream before. Right. And the realtor is here. And this it turns out Graham... Yeah, this time he Graham has sex with her. Graham has had enough, and he wants to sell the house. But the the realtor sees how awful he looks, and he has a shotgun now. He's like, do you hunt? Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> like, like more turned on now. Yeah, she's like, what? My man doesn't look like he's had a shower in like two weeks. This, and you want to jump on that? This lady is equally unhinged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real shame what happened to her. Yeah. Uh, she's great, by the way. She's so much I fun every Colin time Camp. she pops up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I when I first like when I first saw her too, like I, I obviously I'm such a giant Clue fan. I did went Yvette, and then but the next yeah, thing yeah. after I thought of Yvette, I was just like. They don't allow dump trucks on the FDR. And I just say, go. <laughs> I like that you made her from Boston. Boston. I don't know why that, I did that's that. good. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. That's not Long Island or Queens. Come on. Sorry. That's all right. Um, <laughs> he wakes up uh, after having this, like, I don't know. I wouldn't call it violent, but raucous sex with her. Yeah. Uh, we only get bits and pieces of it. Yeah, it's like mostly them rolling around yeah, and stuff. Exactly. Everybody's in their underwear and clothes. Yeah, very yeah. boring horror. <laughs> it's appropriate for this kind of movie. That's true. Um, would have been out of place. She- yeah, realtor is gone, and his room is destroyed. But he finds a note that says she left. Didn't want to wake him. Yeah, but, but the that bottom note of the note is weird. It, yeah, but at the bottom of the note, written in blood, is <laughs> "I adore you, Graham." It's just like, yikes! And for some odd reason, he doesn't really think much of that. Well, he thinks enough that he's still walking around the house with a shotgun. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> but I think that's normal unhinged behavior. He's been walking around with a shotgun, but like immediately, that's what I noticed in the note. Like that's that's blood, right? Like. 
he doesn't have a lot of time to investigate or anything right, in his defense right. afterwards. You're being very kind, but okay. Uh, because immediately after, the cops raid the house. And we'll go into more detail on how fun that is later. Yeah. Uh, and they find the re- they say the realtor's body was found in the same dumpster as his neighbor. Graham swears it's the vagrant. And that's when the cops discover the realtor's head and feet in the fridge. Yeah. Tough. Tough look. That's uh, not good. Yeah. Graham goes to jail, and his boss comes in disguise to fire him. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, is that before is, or after is, the trial? Because the trial is this, hilarious. This is, I was about to say, this might be my second favorite part uh, of the movie. So the trial. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Graham is on trial. He's really got some like public defender or something, because he has no money left at this point. Yeah. And his mom is on the witness stand. And it almost, they almost look, make it look his like lawyer, TV, too. Like you're watching on TV, like O.J. Simpson yeah. style. His lawyer is very impressed with the line of question from the prosecution. <laughs> he's like, he's good. Like, <laughs> that's what you want to hear. And the mother is so like upset by the line of questioning for the prosecutor. She legit has a heart attack and dies right there in court. <laughs> and he's like, mother, no! <laughs> and all the, the jurors are like, that poor boy and decide oh. to say not guilty. Oh my God. And, yes. And then here is the best part. Is. As they take Graham's mom's body out of the courthouse, the goddamn body slides off the gurney <laughs> and then slides down the court steps like a Simpsons episode. It's so beautiful. I thought of naked gun so is what I thought about. That's good too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. But it's weird because they, they do treat it like seriously. Like it's like <laughs> the look on Pax's face yeah. is tapping. He's like, sure. <laughs> it's so great. He's like distraught and like nonplussed at the same time. Yeah, this is happening too. Great. Why not? So after he gets off the murders, Graham buys a cheap station wagon, packs up what he can, gets the hell out of town. Uh, he finds a trailer park that needs a manager and gets hired by this blind owner named X-Ray. Yeah. Graham gives him a fake name, calling himself Jerry Kramer. Yeah. Guess he was a big Seinfeld fan at the time. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was like, but this is 92, right? What is, is Yeah, is yeah. We're year? in the fourth season of Seinfeld at this point. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize it started earlier than that. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> Graham, man, this movie. Graham has a nightmare about the vagrant finding him at yeah. the trailer park and is worried about his sleepwalking. So he gets his neighbor, Dodie, to come over to his trailer and tells her his plan to handcuff himself to the bed, and she can come over every morning to unlock him. Unfortunately, Graham doesn't realize that Dodie is drunk and, and horny, Yeah, and she decides to use this opportunity to molest Graham. And then it turns into a regular habitual sexual thing between him and this Dodie, right? Dodie. Yeah, he, he, turns out Graham's into it. Uh, yeah, because you get the time jump, but he's like, yeah, that's all right. Like, uh, Time passes, and Graham has grown a mullet to blend <laughs> in. And uh, he is taken to his joy, his nightly sessions with Dodie. Yeah. His buddy X-Ray and Asimba, and X-Ray's like, yeah, listen, everybody loves you. I, I think you're enjoying your nightly visits with Dodie. He's like, I am. But like, okay. stop with the underwear, because there's a weird split in her underwear, and she doesn't like it or something. I was like having a heart that was like, what's happening with her underwear? So apparently, the uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> the vagrant is coming into her trailer or his trailer and taking a knife and splitting her underwear up the middle every night. I don't get it. I don't know. But 
that's weird. that's his. I don't know. Maybe he's stifled at this moment. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Artistic creativity Art, yeah, is working. Having, having a hard time being creative. She, with this. And, and at the end, everyone is just confused. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very weird moment with that one. It's like, right. But we know the vagrant is back, baby. Right. <laughs> uh, Graham wakes up uh, and his handcuffs are broken. He's covered in blood with com- with a comically large meat cleaver on his stomach. This thing is giant. Yeah. It looks like something Pyramid Head drags around <laughs> in the Silent Hill games. I I love so much that you just I, referenced a game you don't like that I, I don't desperately love so I did much. That for you. I I appreciate it. I I, yeah. I know you're not a fan, so that you made that reference for me. I appreciate it. I love you just too, you. brother. Yeah. I <laughs> love you, buddy. Uh, he hears X-Ray screaming, who has just found his seeing eye dog hanging from a rotating clothesline. It is the most horror thing, probably, of this whole movie. <laughs> Very upsetting. Yeah, it is. Very upsetting stuff. It's... Luckily, we only see, like, we don't actually see the dog. We just see, like, like back of dog or something like that. You don't see, like, the full dog. I'm, I'm happy. Are you, you're, you're not... You're, uh, but... We don't need it hanging. He needs there. to run away, yeah. and then the, the whole ending sequence happens. I don't think you need to go further than that. Well, I was just going to say that X-Ray dies of a heart attack right. uh, in, in Graham's arms, and Graham waves the cleaver in the air like a maniac looking for the vagrant in the entire trailer park. Fairly yeah. assumes that he did it, and uh, Graham gets in his car and goes away. Right. Which is where the ending sequence happens. I don't think we need to, yeah, because the ending sequence is almost is basically the action of the movie. So I don't, I don't think you need to go more. Uh, I think that's it for I, here. I, okay, I had a couple more things, but we can get into it later. Yeah, I just think so much of that is more in the other categories at this point. So it so blends in. I don't. Need You're to right. Weird movie, You're right. But, but you told me you trusted me. I am. I am. And I'm. I'm trying to get you to stop. Now. It's a, I, I appreciate it. I got so close. So what do you give our hero, Graham? Okay. So, um, by the way, I, I did this um, really mm, late and basically like two minutes before you got on. So wow. um, I didn't Slacker. get to finish my homework. But I know i busy lately. But I want two and a half. I gave him a three. I was close to giving a three. I just... I wasn't sure I, there was enough. I scored a, a lot of this a lot lower, so I, I but I wanted to reward Paxson because he was that good. I mean, he was literally, awesome. any if there was someone lesser in this role, it wouldn't have worked. Oh, for sure. With that, like, he's so likable while being I, I so pathetic too, and annoying. It's incredible. The patheticness with the character is actually really important, and I don't know if many. Like, but to make him still likable. That's a trick I think right. very few could pull off. That's why Paxton. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there could great. be even other actors that you would say are great actors that probably couldn't pull this role off because they I couldn't agree. do some of this. And because it's this kind of a zanyish comedic thing too, like no one else could probably put on some of these looks that Paxton. The only person do. I think who could have pulled this off as well uh, is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, um, that's about it that I can think of off the top of my head. Off top, that's pretty good for off the top of your head. No, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much sums it up. You you need somebody who could kind of like to be pathetic and annoying and likable is right. a really hard trick and to look pull. unhinged. Yeah, yeah. When you need to look unhinged, and that's so. I thought I thought Paxton earned his three. 
uh, there are lower scores for everyone else. It brings this movie down quite considerably. De- yeah, depending on how the final score goes, I could be convinced to go up to a three, sure. but I'll keep it at yeah. two and a half for I'm now. sorry for even arguing. You're right. But yeah. So, uh, The Vagrant. This is my shortest category. It's also mine, yeah. Because there's, well, there's not a whole lot to say because it's so I think much of time. pretty short too. The last of this is pretty short. <laughs> the most of you get of him is like, it comes from the end when you got to hear more about his character. Uh, but otherwise, you just hear mostly monanical laugh and he's got a really gross hand. And face. and But like, you mostly see the hand. Think, the hand is grossing me out more than anything else. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, like, like in, it's swollen. Yeah. A big meat hook thing, hand. It's, just, it's gross looking. It's bandaged. Um, it's, it's a bloated hand yeah. and feet and truly gross to look at every time with this uh, patchy hair, scarred face, big beard. He's just like, ugh. You can't even recognize the actor. It's a actor I've seen a million things. It's yeah. like, oh, wow, that was him? Yeah. Um, I, I also like to point out, I, I think I really dug his... Uh, suitcase song so every time the, the it's like a music box thing yeah it sounds like an ice cream truck or something yeah. like the vagrant moving around with this thing it's like oh this is a little creepy it's good it is a little creepy. uh but marshall bell plays the vagrant uh he is he was gordy's dad in stand by me the bad guy assassin webster and twins george slash kuato in total recall and most importantly to us in this podcast Coach Schneider and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Tim, Tim liked that. I, I really did. Yeah, sorry. This is... <laughs> forgetting this is an audio podcast and not a visual thing, but yes, I, I appreciate that reference. Actually, at first you had me at Guado, <laughs> but, but then, and then you went there and I was like, oh! But yeah. Um, yeah, you really, you really do have a hard time recognizing him. I had to look it up IMDb as well. Um, I mean, I've seen this guy in a million movies, yeah, he's and so he's a great stuff. character actor. He really is, and it, and it's a bummer because he really doesn't get to do much more than than laugh. Um, you get a <laughs> yeah. little bit more at the end in some of the action sequences, um, but that that's about it from what you get because um, it really mm. is about the main character. Everything everything is really going through this main character. Um, and and you don't get a whole lot from the villain, other than quick snippets. Like you see him, but then he's out of the scene really quickly. Yeah, yeah. He's like, ah, look what I've done for you, <laughs> and runs away. Basically, is uh, it? And so, yeah. Do you want to get? Okay. Do we get into what happens at the end? Oh, not like we don't have to say what well, happens just, at the end, but his. You know. Well, I was gonna say Graham fills up his car with gas and discovers the vagrant suitcase in the back of the station wagon. Right. And he finds this book that gives the Vagrant's backstory. Uh, so it turns out the Vagrant, and it's really quick, and you have to pause to read it all. I didn't even get to read it all, but I think you get the gist. But yeah, The Vagrant is really a Dr. Stanley Melor? Melroy? I, I, I couldn't get the I name. Know. He no was one ever a says doctor the name that right. was doing research and whatever, and then he gets he was He was fired years ago from the University of Virginia for controversial teachings. Yeah, uh, He was also brought up on charges that he got away with. And like, and you can see it like in the uh, there's a bunch of headlines in this book that he's you know pasted onto the pages, and he's written his little notes. It's like, ha I knew they'd never stick with it or whatever, never stick. And he's uh, he decides for some reason that Graham is the perfect guinea pig, 
pig for his research. Do you know though? Did you were you able? To, what is it? What what is this theory? Yes. Is, okay, because I have I'm, it for I'm you. at a complete loss because you do get eventually where key. he's like, "You should be thankful. Like you were boring. I made you interesting." And I was, yeah, I like I like that. It's bit. great delivery, but it's just like, uh, what was it? So the key is that um, earlier in the movie, and we already referenced it. There's a scene where Graham is coming down the stairs reading uh, Doctor Stanley's book, right? And he reads it out loud. So it gives the the vagrant Dr. Stanley's theory. And this is what it is. From the animal within. In the darkness of every human spirit lies the beast. Fully capable of uncontrolled action. Fear is the key that unlocks the gate and frees the beast. Paranoia, the nemesis of the healthy mind, the breeder of fear, the liberator of the beast. So He is trying to turn Graham into an animal. To his true animal self. Trying to get them to their baser instincts, basically. Yes. Okay. So we find out that Vagrant is doing this not out of revenge for Graham calling the cops on him, which would have been an interesting theory all by itself. Oh, yeah, because he calls him the perfect test subject in his Yeah, but to run an experiment to see if he can turn the uptight yuppie into a rage monster. Right. <laughs> which he does. And, he, and like you said, like Vagrant like in the confrontation says he's done everything to make Graham a better and more interesting person. Yeah. Yeah, he call, yeah, he calls it boring. Like you were boring. Like I, I did this. You should be thankful. Like I, I did this for it's you. A, which like both ways that could have gone were actually really interesting. So I'm like, yeah, that works. That well, works too. That's fascinating. Again, and I think I this is that. actually Paxson's best moment mm. because he he actually puts this even greater deranged look of like, and then he says it. He's like. I guess thank you or something. He says something along those lines as he attacks back at the vagrant. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was perfect. Because no one, you're right. I mean, who else but maybe Nick Cage could have pulled mm. off this like horrified, disgusted, pathetic look and he says thank you as he attacks. It was great. But anyway. Nick Cage could have played the vagrant too. Well, that's, that's the beauty of Nick Cage, right? He really could <laughs> yeah. do everything. Could, can do it all. Do it all. So I, I got nothing else to say with the Vagrant because the rest of it's in action. Yeah, I, I don't either. Well, I mean, there's not a whole lot here. Um, I gave him a two. Yeah, I also gave him a two. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I created I, you. He calls. He says to him, I created you. You should be yeah. grateful. <laughs> you were boring. I made you interesting. And he was also wanted in eight states, and there was a reward out for him. You find mm. out too. In five of them. Yeah. In five of the five states. Of the state. yeah. Five of the eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so action stunts. This is also a very short category. Yeah, not a whole lot. Nope, not a lot here. Uh, although oddly, my longest category because again, like I didn't know where to put. Really? Stuff. I didn't okay. know where to put stuff. Sometimes it's, I put it all in here. I understand. Yeah. Uh, so after getting the vagrant arrested for public urination. Uh, Graham is enjoying making dinner at home where, and that's when he discovers the vagrant has been let out mm. and Graham tries to get a closer look through the window when the vagrant suddenly appears uh, his face against the window and he goes ah yeah <laughs> and it causes Graham uh, to fall back over his kitchen table and spilling spaghetti and marinara all over him just a really great fall for he really shoots backwards <laughs> yes. like it is it is a quite a 
back. And, and it's and it's him. And man, he he sacrificed his body on that one. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, let's see, that I have paralysis. That was the most jumpish type scare thing you're gonna get in this movie. That was pretty much that. The, the, that and like what happens to Michael Ironside's character is the really only horror in the movie. Oh, I forgot about that one. That is great. Uh, I mean, seeing like although I gotta say this, bodies, you know, or dismembered bodies, is like a little bit extra, I guess. But yeah, I suppose you're right. But paralysis demon vagrant molesting Graham, yeah, is pretty horrifying. Like, ew. yeah, I do, I do not want those hands to touch me. No, they're gross. They're so gross. Yeah, the hands are the most disgusting thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned before, the cops are about to raid Graham's house. And t- Tim, do you have anything before this? I'm sorry, I just want to make sure. No. Okay. No. So as the cops are about to raid Graham's house, he sees a band-aid on the wall. And Graham, being the fastidious fellow that he is, decides to pull at it, uh, which causes an alarm to go off. This surprises Graham so much that he accidentally shoots his shotgun in the ceiling. Oh, yeah. And the cops immediately unload and shoot thousands of rounds in the house. Yes. It is literally 1,500 bullets. They... It was such a weird moment, because they, like... It's like, again, almost. Um, it kind of almost reminded me of Canadian Bacon, and 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 the SWAT team. It's like, hope, 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 hope. You know, the one gets injured and they shoot him. You know what I mean? Like, I, how they're I, all I filing out of the vans, and then they come to the fence, and they all like, um, m- screw out holes into his fence. His perimeter. Yeah, they fence. drill these holes through the, the fence, <laughs> and they're all in a perfect symmetrical like yeah. line. It's like, wow. It's impressive that they all got it on the same line. I've never seen any SWAT like this ever. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But the SWAT raid took three days, 1,500 bullet hits to set up, all fired in less than a minute, resulting in 10 seconds of screen time. Wow. Yeah. It almost kind of reminds me of I, the Jury from season one. I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So after Graham leaves the trailer park, the vagrant pops up from the back seat and takes control of the car and forces it to go over a cliff. Yeah. The car impressively does not explode. No. No, it doesn't. Sorry, Tim. And surprisingly, too, like, he, our hero, seems to be uh, surviving from that just fine. Well, it turns out it's just a dream. Yeah. And he wakes up in uh, a parking lot of a diner slash Old West theme park i don't know yeah it was weird it is weird like a gem mining place maybe i don't know yeah so while uh graham is filling her up uh all of a sudden he notices that there's that suitcase in the back he's like what the hell and he's looking through it and son of a bitch he doesn't realize the vagrant is also lying in the trunk right next to him it's a station wagon yeah so there's a lot of space it's still a little weird that he couldn't tell there was a human being back there's there. there's a lot of stuff in there he is wearing shubby, you know, like it's, he's very baggy clothing, like deteriorating clothing. I don't know. Man. All right. All right. Don't defend Graham on this. He should have noticed there was a body back there. No, it's weird. You defended him weirdly earlier and now I'm defending him weirdly now. So anyway. <laughs> so the vagrant pops up and he says, uh, fun's over. Time to die. Yeah. And he lights Graham's car on fire. <laughs> Grabs a suitcase and runs away to the ye old mine. Yeah. Graham swears and yells, he's not afraid anymore, and gives chase. And this time the station wagon does everything from him at this point. So, yeah, 
He really did. Twice. Yeah. And uh, the station wagon does explode this time. Thank you, Tim. Yep. There you go. And in spectacular fashion, which alerts the cops who happen to be in the diner. Yeah, looking for him. They're like insanely yeah. out of their jurisdiction, but we'll get to that later. You sure will. <laughs> uh, so Barfus, <laughs> Lieutenant Barfus and Detective Laxon split up chasing Graham in the caves. Great plan, guys. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Barfus finds Graham choking the vagrant to death. Uh, he breaks them up and then tells Graham that he's going to enjoy killing him. But when the vagrant shoves, then the vagrant shoves like dull chair legs through Barfus's torso, it's and uh, and Graham takes the vagrant's Polaroid and snaps a picture to prove he's not crazy. How strong does a human being have to be to shove dull chair legs yep. through a human torso? Right through it. I don't care. I'm now. I, I know it's great. It's great. It's a great bit. And it's, it's the it's the only it's like the only real horror you have, besides him being scared to jump backwards. This is the other but moment. Like, <laughs> the vagrant would be have to super be superhumanly strong, and Graham would also have to be superhuman strong. That to fight hand that is swollen sky. and freakish. Maybe it's got powers. I don't know. I'm gonna allow it. I like it. I'm not gonna poke holes in it. Well, it's a great bit of gore. Yeah, I like it. It's nice. Yeah, it's fun. No doubt. And and this is where it's certainly surprising where the vagrant really goes, and this is what I wish I saw more of in the movie, because he just got to be fun at this point. You know mm-hmm. that this is where a lot of the, like you were boring. I made you like a lot of that stuff comes right after that. Yeah. So it's I mean that's where the vagrant, the villain here, is the most fun in this moment. So. Yeah, and then Laxon shows up, and I had to look up this guy's name. So you're welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I never caught that ever said his name in the movie. I'm sure it happened. Uh, and wants to know which one of them killed Barfus. Uh, they both accuse each other, but Graham hands him the Polaroid picture. So Laxon shoots the vagrant multiple times, so many times, in fact, to the point where he flies out of the room and he shoots him again off a balcony and he ends up falling into a dumpster full of cactus. Cacti. Yeah. And one of the needles goes straight into his gross, milky, dead eye. Yeah, they show it. They show him being face into the cactus, which is like a... And that is all the action I have written down. Tim, what do you got that I missed? No, that's about it. Like, I, like again, like, the stuff you were going through with Hero, like, I, I was, like, putting in action. In action? Okay, yeah. I didn't know which way to do either. Like, I'm yeah, putting too much in action. So, but what we did literally was the action. Yeah. I, I went one and a half. So did I. Yeah. I I the half was there's a couple moments that I appreciated, which we went over those couple moments. That was about it. We're probably being too generous, to be honest, with the half. Uh yeah, listen, I have never seen a dull chair go through someone's torso before, so True. points for originality. <laughs> True. And I mean that you know, that I, I thought the villain again has some nice moments. I wish it was there all the way through. The hand was gross, like the ending part was fun. Um, mm. I really like <laughs> the psychological stuff. There just wasn't enough of a payoff with it. It's it's so hilarious. Anytime someone goes into a Funhouse or something like that with like a mining cart. Mm-hmm. At some point, the villain will have to get in that mining cart and come at you. Uh, and I gotta ask another question. Okay. Uh, in in that scene where they're in the mine and uh, Paxton is looking around for him, an iguana randomly falls yes! on him. Yep. yep. Did 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 somehow the the vagrant make that iguana fall on him? 
Oh, I didn't think about that. I don't. I don't think so. It's, it doesn't make any sense. No. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Why is an iguana here? I have no idea. Uh, I have that yeah. note though. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say that I, or in here or anything that I miss before we get into the sidekicks? Um. No. Okay. Uh, so Mark McClure, Jimmy Olsen is Chuck. Is that who that was? Okay. I yeah, was from tr- I'm from Superman seventy eight. Yeah. I yeah. was I didn't look it up on the IMDb, so I was I was like, man, he kind of almost looks like a taller version of the dude from Basketball. And I was, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's got the same hair. It, yeah. I see what you're saying. Similar yeah. in the face and everything. And and now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yep, that sense there it is yeah um i'm guessing he's just grandma's friend no idea how they met there's no backstory given none but he seems to be doing slightly better than graham financially he seems like a good guy he's yeah you know? he seems to be trying to warn him from doing stupid things but then he installs also, the new lock in his house towards the end though uh or the latter half when they're doing um you know when he's in going to trial and all that and the being brought in with the police he's like weirdly eating it up and taking he takes a picture of his friend as he's being brought in at one point did he i missed yeah, that yeah i was like this <laughs> is kind of weird <laughs> now his friend is like is just taking this as like this is gonna get me laid look at this i know this guy kind of like that's kind of what i interpreted it as so it was kind of a weird moment but but yeah he kind of disappears after that yeah well he ditches everything yeah he's, he's, he wouldn't leave his uh phoenix with the grand there <laughs> my favorite bit with him though is the alarm guy goes to Chuck after complaining like you're spending too much money on this alarm system and oh, the, yeah, the alarm yeah, guy yeah. goes to Chuck he's like chill out man he ordered the deluxe system this is great for me yeah and then like Chuck looks at him and like didn't you sell me a leaky roof like five years ago and the alarm guy like runs away yeah he does it's nice, great and, and it was a nice bit by the way he was he, he pulled that scene off like I thought the friend did a good Good job, like I thought Mark McClure. Yeah. Mark McClure is very good in this movie, yeah. and I could have used even more of him. He's he excellent. I agree. Um, do you have anything else to say about Chuck? No. Okay. No. So Graham's boss is played by another great character actor, Stuart Pankin. Okay, please tell me where I know him from. Happy to do that. Uh, he was Michael Douglas's friend in Fatal Attraction, and the sheriff in Arachnophobia. But Tim knows him best as the voice of Condiment King in Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> but my guy has been in it's a million movies and, and, and TV shows. A million. No, I, I mean, as soon as I saw him, I was like, I, I know I've seen this guy in so many he's just, he's, he's a that He's a great that guy yeah. character actor. Yeah. He's really good. Always enjoyable when you see him. Never Which it, it made me laugh even more when he is in disguise to fire fire him which is like this is great uh he has maybe my like my the loudest laugh in the movie for me yeah um so is this when he brings like the foreign guy in yeah Yeah, he brings a czech businessman uh comes into the office and uh the boss what's he called again mr that doesn't matter um he he brings a czech businessman into the office and he's trying to land this client, uh, him as a client. And uh, he shows off his Czech employee, Mr. Krakowski. And he said, he does, he tells uh, the businessman right in front of him, 
uh, Krakowski's like, I'm going to give this man a raise and you know, a promotion. And so he's like, a big friend of checks. And he goes over and whispers into uh, Graham's ear. He's like, <laughs> come on, talk some of that check shit. Talk the check shit. <laughs> it's it's so aggressive and almost sexual. And Graham is just like so in shock and scared of what to do. All he can come up with is say like the only, I think the only thing he knows in check because he's only like a quarter check. Yeah. And <laughs> when he gets in, when the when the boss gets in the elevator with the check businessman, he asks, "Hey, what what did he say?" And he's like, "I." Told me to wash your hands wash after your, you go to the bathroom. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think didn't he say like only his like grandmother was was Czech or something? Yeah, only his grandmother on his mother's side yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so it's probably the only thing his grandmother's ever said to him or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just wash your hands after you use the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good bit. It is. It is a funny but bit. The way he delivers, like, come on, talk that Czech shit. Talk the Czech shit. <laughs> <laughs> it can, it's it's the same imitation of like call me dad who's your daddy you know that kind of thing <laughs> that's what it sounds like when he's saying it it's really funny no, it is, yeah it is uh and yeah later on uh when he's in jail uh graham uh the boss shows up again in disguise like a fake mustache and a hat and he tells him like the firm can't help you at all and uh we're done yeah. <laughs> that's the last we see of him unfortunately um but fortunately, there's other <laughs> other people and, who and deliver. Then, this. then we got uh, a Hall of Fame character actor. This movie is filled with great characters. They actors. are, they are. Uh, we've already mentioned Colin Camp, yeah. But we've already talked about everything she's in. Yep. Um, but Michael Ironside, Michael the Michael Ironside, the goat, the legend. Oh, he is amazing. It's because uh, he really, really does not have a whole lot to do here either. Like all these character actors have very limited time and yeah they, and they but they all have they all nail what they're doing but it's just the problem is all of them have such limited time and they should have focused on one any one of them more um but yeah mm. ironside is i Man. love to see this side of him you don't see it often it's weird yeah i know it's a completely different character for him yeah that i've seen him in anything he, he's playing you, this character like a supremely confident moron right you very <laughs> rarely see him in a humorous setting yeah and he's pulling it off oh he's very funny yeah <laughs> he's very over the top on purpose and very like um yeah i'm an idiot basically but it's <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's really funny you get the impression that he solves any case within a minute and sizes up people in seconds, yeah. whether he's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. And he's got this running joke of not remembering Graham's last name. Yeah. People call him anything like Kowalski, Krowski, whatever, <laughs> but never Krakowski. He's the only person in this movie who doesn't like to shout Krakowski. He's suspicious of him in like two seconds of meeting him, basically. Yeah. I was like, this guy's a dick. I'm like, well, that's fair. <laughs> it's has got the point. <laughs> uh... Anyway, he's almost Abab. Abab. Uh, oh, I can't. Yeah. Why can't I say it? You're trying to say Ahab? Ahab? Oh, thank you. Ahab. Oh, Ahab. Okay. Ahab. Okay. He's almost Ahab, like in uh, towards the end, you know, where he's in the diner and stuff, and he's like, "I'm gonna get him." Basically, he's the guy who got away, you know, type of deal towards the end. Hmm. Um. So, when he doesn't get him, 
Uh, Graham is ups- uh, Barfus is upset that Graham is found not guilty, and he's worried all the blame will fall on him. Mm. So he and his partner decide to go 500 miles out of their jurisdiction yeah. and follow Graham for reasons unknown. Yeah, and, the, and uh, the, I guess his, catch him doing something else. His partner's like, none of this is legal. Like we're so far. <laughs> like. <laughs> At least they reference uh, it, you know, like... Yeah. Somehow they end up at the same diner as Graham. Yeah, uh, nice quizzes. There must be, like, nothing what, around for miles, so it just happens to be the only thing they're at. I don't know. Right. And they just, you know, they, they happen to see the explosion. That's how they get in the mine. And that's all I got to say for sidekicks. What do you, you got anything else? Uh, nope. Uh, almost my last note here is Ironside is back. 500 miles outside, uh, miles outside jurisdiction and then his death. That's about about it what do you think is like the definitive michael ironside like that's the first thing you think of when you think of michael ironside scanners you think of scanners i didn't think no. you've ever even seen scanners you're talking about me or people in general you you and ge- me personally oh see i'm such a nerd i actually i actually think of dark side first <laughs> um, and and then after that, oddly enough, yeah. is uh, Sequest. Even though that's kind of when Sequest kind of went downhill for me. Yeah, wow. um, I know it's weird, but I I remember him being the hard ass captain that came in later in Sequest and made that show not well. He didn't make the show not as good, but it's just like everybody I loved left. But um, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm trying to think, and and then probably Highlander two. Wow. Wow. Total Recall has gone down that far on the Oh, no. It, Total Recall might be tied with Highlander 2, to be honest. I don't. I can't tell you how many times as a kid, which I might have been a really weird kid, um, that I was watching Highlander 2 and Total Recall a lot. And that's weird well, because Highlander 2 is real bad. I've had the... After watching this, I've had the urge... Yeah, it is. I had the urge to really watch the Starship Troopers again. Oh, yes. Which not only has uh, Michael Ironside in this movie, but Marshall Bell as well has a small part in it. Good point. It's his roughnecks, Patrick. It's his roughnecks. That's right. Um, That's that's another good one. I mean, that came a bit later for after, you know, I was older when that one came out, I guess. Not too Mm -hmm. much older. um, I wasn't a kid anymore. But yeah. um, Bad guy, next karate kid. (laughs) He was the... Yeah, he was the like... Militant, Michael whatever Ironside guy rules. or whatever, right? Yeah, that, that was teaching bad karate. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong because he's again his his voice and his menacing delivery is amazing. That's why again, like there's certain people that have done such a good job with voice work. And I, I say again, I've said this to you plenty of times. People don't know this, but there's certain things when I see something or read something. I will always think of this person voicing the character. So like I, I like my students just asked me recently because I was going after Jared Leto because I hate Jared Leto with a fiery passion. Whoop, whoop. Um, and they were like, oh, well, who's your Joker? And they're all expecting me to say certain things. I was like, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill's Joker. Sorry. Like yeah. I do love and appreciate other Jokers, but to me, Mark Hamill is Joker. And, and it's kind of interesting because now I'm thinking like, yeah, when I read anything with dark side, I think of Michael Ironside, like that his voice is coming through when I, when I read Michael Ironside or when I read dark side. So anyway, um, okay. So what'd you give, uh, 
I went two. I gave it a one and a half. I went two only because there's just so many good, like even though they all had such short roles that just there were so many, like and no one was doing a bad job, you know. Like I, so that's why I went two. Hmm. Okay. So what what is your final score? I gave the movie an eight. That's what I have it as. Okay. Cool. Which so it kind of makes sense. So I kind of you went a half point lower and one, and I went a half point higher. So and now yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. there you go. It's all good. So eight. Yeah. All right. Boom. Look at that. Um, I like to also point out the Hitchcock music in the beginning and the score overall. Yes, in this movie is I also have fantastic. a note of that. I also have Just that note. Outstanding score in yes, this movie. It is it, it tremendous. Is hardcore Hitchcock in the beginning too. In the beginning stuff. I was smitten from the very beginning yeah. with it. Uh, oh, man. I, bad job by me. I should really call out who did it uh, because, wow. It was, uh, it was Christopher Young. Okay, that sounds Did cool. a phenomenal job. Uh, nothing really. He did the composing for Sinister, Swordfish, okay. Entrapment, The Grudge. Definitely the new some Pet stuff, Cemetery. Yeah. He's still working, but uh, yeah. his job in the Vagrant was outstanding. Yeah, no, it definitely gave. Uh, that is my note right away. Hitchcock, right there. Oh, he did the third Spider-Man movie. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. Well, that's that's not on him. That's very true. So, by the way, before you go with your spiel here, um, yeah, 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 it is now rated the same as Pet Cemetery Two. So we need to make a decision on is it above or or below Pet Cemetery Two. It's a hard one for me because it really is. Is there enough performances? I think in this one that puts it over, or is the performance in at Pet Cemetery Two that we love so much? All right, enough? I gotta give. I, I think Clancy Brown puts this over the top. I'm sorry to Bill Paxton. You I were think tremendous. you might be right, and it's weird because I think as a I don't. I honestly. It's don't just know more memorable. It is. <laughs> it is such a good performance, and but it's it's this is a really tough call. I could I yeah. can see there being more aspects oh, did. to this movie to make it better overall. Christopher Young was the Hellraiser uh, composer. There you go. Oh, the original Hellraiser. First and the second. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty. Sorry. That's legit. I'm sorry. I I, I broke into you. No, you're fine. So I, I feel I can understand. I feel like I, I agree with you, and I put this. I I put it over it. Yeah, but I can understand someone's argument to flop it. Yeah, there's, sure. There's yeah. enough here. In Your this mileage one. may vary. Yeah, yeah, there 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 is so much. I, I guess because again, there's so much. They're both so close to yes. being so much better. Yes, yes, exactly. And I can see this one to some people having more of the pieces. Than maybe Pet Cemetery Two does, mm. but I don't think anything as much as Paxton's phenomenal. He really is good, but I don't think anybody's throwing the heat as much as Clancy Brown. Yeah, um, this movie was executive produced by Mel Brooks. Brooks film. Oh wow, okay. What a friend of horror Mel Brooks is. Um. Uh, <laughs> The everyone who worked with Bill Paxton in this movie considered him a close personal friend, hmm. like Colleen Camp, uh, Michael Ironside, Marshall. All of them were all like, in the director, were like, amazing guy. 
love him to death. That's kind yeah, of the so vibe just, I just get like, from everything. Everyone loved Bill Paxton, just like beloved dude. It was kind just of makes his death when he died. Yeah, tragic. Because like the amount of people that came out on that one that were like crushed by it was pretty insane. Yeah, and that, I mean that's again like it's like the the range that he had was mm-hmm. pretty insane. That he could do a bit part. And be like he was such a small part in Aliens, yet somehow one of the most memorable parts of the movie was so little. Game over, man. Yeah, game over. It's kind of insane, right? And then, and then he could be in this vagrant and and or 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 um ah geez, so many other movies. The little bit in True Lies, the the star of Twister. Star, yeah. He's he's a he's a co-star in twister right and then directed um, frailty which is an frailty amazing movie what a good movie is frailty where all of a sudden he becomes scary yeah and you're like oh my god and then of course big love that show mm-hmm. was fantastic Great. Love he big was love. amazing in big love yeah true like scum sucking son of a bitch in that but you also liked him yes what an incredible performance that is to pull I that know. off i know he was he was great he was really great and probably underappreciated for way too long for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the director, Chris Wallace. Yeah. It was originally a special effects guy. Okay. Uh, and he did, he was in Return, he did Suffer Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He did the face melting scene. Oh, shit. He created the gremlins. Wow. And he did the special effects for the fly. <laughs> like, like remake fly? Like Cronenberg fly? Yeah. That's the one. Oh dang! And then he he did so good. Uh, Brooks Film hired him to direct The Fly Two, which is a better movie than you think. It's pretty good. I haven't seen it. Okay, it's not yeah. bad. Um, is this it's, it? Is it's, it's gnarlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the Vagrant was the last movie he ever directed. He considered it cursed and it was a terrible experience for him. Oh, wow. I think he hurt his back during production too, huh. and he just you know despite his love of Bill Paxton, it just everything worked out wrong, and didn't. Just went back to just doing special effects. Oh. Um, might not have been entirely his decision because this movie had a budget of nine and a half million, supposedly. Yeah. Which is a little over $20 million today. Almost 21. And the theatrical gross of this movie was $5,900. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> like, I never heard of this movie until we did this. Which podcast. is a little under $13,000 today. It only played in eight theaters for one week. Yeah, I'm not sure what actually happened there. I couldn't find anything. I mean, to to be fair, this would be a hard movie to sell. It, yeah. Like, how do you find the 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 people for this movie? You know what I mean? It, this movie like almost needs to be remade by like Simon Pegg and and <laughs> you know what I mean? And that kind of a Gone more into the comedy, you think? Yeah, gone just gone more into it or something. Well, I don't they, know they how realized they realized while they're making it, I guess, or somewhere maybe in post production. I'm not sure. The the note was very odd um, that they needed to add more comedy into this because the vibe was just off. And so, like that confrontation that you enjoyed so much at the end of the movie between him and the uh, the vagrant, where yeah. they're like yelling at each other, um, that was all improvised by the two actors. Oh wow! Supposedly, I, and, yeah. it, and it's some of the best stuff. 
Um, yeah. I, and I think that is when the movie was, it felt more right. So I, I kind of get it. Like, cause it, I guess you're right. Cause it, I think it could be easily, it couldn't figure out its mind about where it wanted to be tonally. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it came in 14th place in its opening weekend. Uh, premiered the same weekend as Lethal Weapon 3, <laughs> which was definitive number one. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah. And that's it for The Vagrant. That's all I got. Okay. Well, you know, I'm glad I watched it. I think it was really interesting Me too. Experience. It was fun. Um, it was weird, but fun. Yeah, definitely weird. <laughs> for sure weird. But I I was not bored. I was I was actually I have to say, I can't imagine this finishing very high at the end of the season. But like, I I was interested. Like it was it was not a snore. Like it was not a slog. To get mm, no. So yeah, it's your pick. Next week, we're we're going south. Going south to old Mexico, and we're gonna do Kronos. Guillermo del Toro's Kronos. Okay, I I almost went with that uh, a, a week or so ago. So I'm. I'm I I need something this. a little more serious now. I agree. Just with a little you. bit more. Yeah. And um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down, man. I I've never seen this movie. I I've been wanting to see this movie. I'm 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 excited. I have seen it. It's good. Uh, deals with the horror of aging and vampirism. Okay. But in a way that you've never seen before. I promise you this. Well, you know what? With Guillermo del Toro, I'm really not surprised. Yeah. I mean, the dude will show you some interesting stuff. Streaming on Max as of right as of this recording. Yeah, this. Yeah, I, I imagine it's been on Max for a while. I've been looking at it, so I feel like it. it I don't know. All right. So I'm excited. All right, that is it for us. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or if you have show, also sharing is caring. Be sure to follow us on social media to get the show updates. You can find us by emailing at thegrowchamp at gmail.com or find us by searching for the hashtag Champ. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Film Road Championship Podcast. Peace out, everyone. Fun's over. Time to die.